The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Most job boards overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. That's not smart, but ZipRecruiter finds the right people for you and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. Now that is smart. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Fantasy, you're in the 06010. Fantasy, focus. Fantasy, focus. Go to the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast, Field Yates, with my friends, my family, Matthew Berry, and Stefania Bell. Matthew, welcome back. We missed you. Well, thank you. We didn't miss you. Well, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks. Did you have fun? That. How was your time in New Orleans? Tell us all about it. Uh, it was all right. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, well, I don't want to. Hey, while you we, were there, did you see that pathetic showing by the Redskins? I mean, I did, did you happen to? I mean, did you just see how bad <laughs> yeah. that team played? I mean, offensively, it was like a high school team was out there. Did you see that? I mean, were you watching when their defense just continued to let them score over and were you? Did you see when, that? When they, um, when they decided not to actually guard anyone. Oh, my goodness. When they pulled Josh Norman at halftime. Yeah. I saw I saw all of it right there, uh, close up and uh, and personal. Um, Daniel did was I, trying did I so see them hard. Com- did I you. see them coming out of the bye and have literally the worst performance under Jay Gruden in his history as a head coach? Yes, I saw that on national television. Yes, with a chance to go up two games in the division. Yeah, I saw it. I saw every stupid play. It was an embarrassing performance by the Redskins, top to bottom. It was awful. It was it was uh, look you know credit to Drew Brees and the Saints, but. Like, their offensive line got beat. Like, the Redskins, like, like Trent Williams gave up a sack. Like, Trent Williams never gives up a sack. And their offensive line got pushed around all night long. I thought there were some bad calls as well, which didn't help out. But, like, Monte Nicholson, like, uh, extending a play early in the drive, early in the game with a stupid penalty. Like, they were awful. There's literally no excuse for how the Redskins played. And I think if you were to ask them to a man, from Jay Gruden on down, to the players on the team, to the coaching staff, to uh, to the management, I think they would all say that was unacceptable. That was, That's, I mean, that was awful. It was brutal. That was way more serious than I expected upon yeah. your return. But good <laughs> I, to I mean, have you back. It was uh, it was awful. And I mean, like we can get into football, but we're going to talk about weeks ever. I'll just say, so it was tough, and it was just it was. Listen, it was great to be there for you know history to see Drew Brees break the record on a pass that. Was a completely was completely blown coverage. Completely blown. Nice job with the Redskins. <laughs> like I could have completed that pass to Traquan Smith. I don't know if we should really count that. I could have. I could have. He was that corner. open. He, yeah. he now was I that open. Yeah, now you're lying. And he's okay. fast. I mean, now it would have gone shorter, but he would have been able to come back for it. You know what? Though? Um, like, let's talk about the highlight, really, which was your new beignet photo. My new beignet photo did very well. And a lot of fe- like to to uh, to the Instagram commenters' questions. Yes, my <laughs> wife did take the photo. Yeah. No uh, surprise. Yeah. Well, there was a it, by there was a whole photo shoot. Right. And if I may take you behind the scenes, so there was a whole photo shoot, <laughs> and I sent the picture to Field for approval beforehand. Oh, you approval. did. Not. I did. Of course, he did. He's my, he's my did IG you see spirit my animal. Was we discussed captions. We discussed yeah. all yeah. kinds. Because it yeah. did look like it was like this carved out perfect picture. No, no, no. Of you it, I will say this: set up against a backdrop. Yeah. So there's a, there's a whole photo shoot that went on. Exactly. 
we, we, there was a whole photo shoot that went on. Like My wife's, I'm taking pictures. There's some filters There's, involved. Um, <laughs> it was definitely a little bit filtered. Uh, but anyway, and so my poorest 14 year old is sitting there going like, can I just eat this? Like, no, we got to take a picture. And so then I'm like, and there was shadows. And so we're taking a couple angles. Then I, my wife take a couple of pictures as well. I'm sure people are like, what's going on here? And so then, yeah, then I sent it to field for, uh, for approval before I posted it because field is my IG spirit. Clearly, uh, clearly his advice paid off because now it's your most liked photo ever. I highly recommend if you have a photo before you post it to Instagram, (laughs) everyone just email Email it or send it to Field for approval before you do oh it. Just boy. you Poor should field. totally uh, blow up his inbox. Rewind. news from the National Football League. This is the instant replay. There's one other story about the game, but uh, I will save it till the end of the show so okay. we can get into football. That, Got it. That I'm I think just going to say this. Yeah. Based off that description of your Instagram photo capturing experience, Matthew is the most basic fantasy analyst of all time. Like mm-hmm. I feel like. How so? Are you familiar with what it means to be basic? I mean, I, I don't know. Other than just the obvious, like no, just, no, 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 no. Basic like, is like a little bit more, you know, like you know, they're a girl of anybody who goes out on the weekends, and it's right. like you see them like at dinner, and they've got, and it takes them like seventy four tries sure. to get the picture that they want. So that my point was merely that, like that. Oh yeah, people who understand what basic actually means okay. will get what I mean by describing you as basic. I'm not in the IG culture. But I just understand. whatever, but Trust we, me, we are aware. we are at uh, we are at seven thousand eight hundred and twenty nine likes with almost four hundred comments at Matthew Berry TMR on the IG and inviting more and invite please by all means comment and so uh, thank you very much. Worth noting by the way, Fields reply to the photo got more likes than Stefania's reply. <laughs> To it, and both of you got more likes than Mike Clay's reply to the photo. I'm just, you act I'm just like this is out. some sort of surprise. Let's nope. get to the football news because not only did the Jaguars announce officially about ten minutes ago that Leonard Fournette will sit out Week Six, no surprise against the Cowboys, but yesterday afternoon they announced that Jamal Charles had been signed. This is almost like a mini version of news or noise. Is this news or noise to you, Matthew? I think it is noise. I, yeah, I think so too. Uh, Jamal Charles is one of my all-time favorite players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have I have met him once or twice. He's been on the show. He's a friend of the podcast. He is an awesome human being. Mm-hmm. And I will always root for Jamal Charles, the person. Okay. And so I hope he has success with Jacksonville. I'm excited that he gets to continue his career in a good franchise. As far as fantasy value, it is hard for me seeing Jamal Charles to have any significant fantasy value. I can't imagine, even if something were to happen to TJ Yeldon, it would be hard for me to imagine him having significant fantasy value. Right, the reason they signed Jamal Charles was not because of Leonard Fournette. It was because Corey Grant got hurt. Right. He's on the injured reserve list Terrible now for injury. the rest of the season. So we are open to the possibility that Jamal Charles could carve out a role. But let's just say Leonard Fournette returns in Week 7. You're talking about TJ, uh, Jamal Charles being a third-string running back behind a workhorse in Leonard Fournette, a change of pace back in TJ Yeldon, like, who knows if Jamal Charles will even suit up in Week 7 if Leonard yeah. Fournette plays, given that he has limited special teams value. So, now, yeah. Better Evan, name than fantasy production. Certainly. Agreed. The Eagles and the Giants play on Thursday night, and the Giants got a bit of good news, and they could really use some these days. Uh, on these short weeks, it's important to note that practice reports are often projections, and they're not really full practices, but Evan Ingram was limited this week, Stefania, which obviously is a step forward, given he has missed, I think, two straight games now because 
of that injury he's been dealing with. Right. And I actually, when I did my rankings, because the talk was so positive on him, they were really talking on Monday, like he had a big shot to play in this game. The Tuesday, um, we heard that he was going to go full speed in practice. Well, what ended up happening in practice was that he did a lot of individual drills on the side during the portion open to the media. He's still wearing a brace. And you got to still consider MCL sprain. We're still at two weeks. And because this game is coming early in the week, his knee is still sore, I'm hearing. So... I'd be surprised now if he does play. Um, and we'll see. You know, they have a day, they have an off day today. They can take it down to the wire because they're home. They have that advantage. But, uh, if he does play, he's not a full hundred percent. The, the thing that's concerning to me is you've got Rhett Ellison in there. His backup. Yeah. Yeah. Who's got a foot injury and hasn't practiced. So are they letting him rest and hoping that he'll be fine to go? I think the situation's still a little up in the air. I'd keep a close eye on it if this is how you're having to debate your tight ends. But if you have an option that's reasonable, you might want to look elsewhere because even if you get Ingram back in this game, it's not 100% healthy, Evan Ingram. Interesting. We'll keep an eye on it uh, it's Thursday. Also, it's also, by the way, not a great matchup. Eagles give up the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends. The problem, you know, Kyle Rudolph didn't do much against them last week either. So, you know, and it's that's been fine a, and good. The problem is an inconsistent offense as right, well. Right. But the problem is this is that, like, if you have Evan Ingram, like, is it a sure thing that you've got a backup that's been doing anything well, of note? I like, think mm-hmm. that is to Stefania's point. So, if you had picked up, for example, like, if you'd picked up Eric Ebron, you're playing Eric Ebron sure, over. Sure, sure. I mean, like, so there's a, you had, you easily could have picked up. Jared Cook. I think you play Jared Cook over Evan Ingram. This right. week. Yeah, no, so, I agree. I mean, so I, there's, I, yes, I would agree with you. It depends on where your options are. I ranked him 13th for the week at the moment. So I have him outside my top 10, but I certainly have him ahead of the CJ Uzumas of the world. Uzoma. Uzoma. But uh, sure, I, I may change my Sorry, ranking CJ. based on that fact that practice didn't go as well as they hoped and that, that we're sort of hearing that he's not quite ready. So we'll have so. a full recap on where we believe he'll be at tomorrow because, of course, the game will be about just eight or nine hours away from the time that we preview it. Yeah, not. So, I mean, some of our rankers didn't even rank him this week, so he's a little bit all over the place if you go into uh, our tight end ranking. So more to come on Evan Ingram. As the week progresses, there are job sites that send you tons of the wrong resumes to sort through, and that's just not smart. But you know what is smart? What? Going to ziprecruiter.com slash 06010 to hire the right person. Zip- I should hire like a beignet. That's a good idea. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend, doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's powerful matching technology, scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. And this rating comes from the hirings from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over a thousand reviews. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at zip at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com/slash 06010. That's ZipRecruiter.com/slash 06010. ZipRecruiter.com/slash 06010. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So let's get into our quarterback rankings for week six. And uh, you have Drew Brees and Matthew Stafford on a bye. Not a ton of negative matchups for notable quarterbacks that you would otherwise start. Uh, but there are some interesting names on this list all the same. Let's begin with Andy Dalton, who Matthew has at 13. I have at 11. Stefan, you have him at seven. It's a particularly advantageous matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's really part of the reason I was so high on him. I mean, Andy Dalton's been more consistent uh, than than I can recall in recent years. And Pittsburgh has given up 1,292 yards. Sounds like a lot, right? And 10 touchdowns over their past four games. 
I just like Andy Dalton coming into this matchup. So I want to mention why, and I think I sort of explained it already, but I noted that like there isn't a quarterback with a really scary matchup like Patrick Mahomes against the Jaguars. Now, he still was fine, but he got you 14 points. He was like a Instead of like 42. Right. right. But you look at some of the best quarterbacks this week and like Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins, Cam Newton, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston. There are a lot of really favorable mm-hmm. matchups for quarterbacks that you notably or normally feel comfortable with. You have to get further down the list before you look at negative matchups, which is really the reason why I have Dalton outside of my top 10, despite the fact it's playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I'm, I'm even lower than you are, Field. I have him at 13. And you know, I've been a big believer in the Red Rifle this year and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. But uh, my concern here is, first up to your point, I think there's a lot of guys that get into the top 10 that haven't been there previously. Jameis Winston comes to mind as well yep. in his return. Um you know, look, if, if there's something to hang your hat on, it's that the over-under here is 53. Mm-hmm. But I actually would take the under on this as well. Divisional game, uh, it's a divisional game that I think tends to be a little bit low scoring. Two teams that do not like each other at all. It is tough to get into the top 10. So this, so when you think about who the number 10 quarterback was, like last week it was CJ Beathard with 20 points, right? Week four, Blake Bortles with 24. If you look at who the QB 10 was, for the first five weeks of the season, the average QB10 this week has scored 22.4 points, okay? Andy Dalton has been held to 16.5 points or fewer in three of five games so far this season. And in fact, if you get, if you look at what he's done under Bill Lazor, he's reached that number, 22.4 points, which is what the averages of QB10 this year. He's reached it just three times in 19 games under Bill Lazor. This is a Steelers defense that's playing a little bit better. They just held Matt Ryan to under 15 fantasy points last week as well. Remember, Andy Dalton so far this season averaging just 252 passing yards in the games in which Joe Mixon plays. They tend to lean on the run game a little bit more. So Dalton, just outside my top 10, he comes at a QB 13 for me as we start week six. Uh, Carson, Daniel, somebody wants to say. I actually have a really quick thing. We got a, a package in the mail from a listener. Okay. Uh, it says, Dear ESPN people, my okay. name is Sadie. Hey, Sadie. And I'm a five and a half year old Black Lab Pitbull mix. Nice. Oh, Every day when my already. human gets home, he He's lays down girl. with me and listens to the 06010. <laughs> a few weeks ago, I remember someone asking for a bone toy that squeaks whenever the Bengals decide to bengal you. Yep. After getting some new toys from my human, I've decided to donate one of my toys to your cause. I hope it finds you well. Matthew, if you want to pull out that package right there. I hope it finds you well, and I look forward to hearing it on future episodes. Now, have, has this Sadie. been like, has this been in No, it's Sadie's a brand mouth? new. Sadie, brand new. Sadie has not used that one. It's actually been, it's been in Sadie's <laughs> mouth and has been flushed through Sadie's system. Sincerely. Like Daniel had his dog. No, that's, look, that was, that right. was a thing. Stefania has Dalton as a top seven play, but I'm just, I'm going to let you have this, Stefania, because... This is what happens when you well, trust why don't we the save it for Bengals. after the performance and if All that right. happens then I will then All I will right. make use of the new 06010 toy. That, that letter comes from the self-appointed pitbull of the 06010. Sadie's parents send us a picture on Twitter. We should do that. Right. Sadie's Sadie's parents have a picture of Sadie at Fantasy Focus. Yeah, please send us sends. a picture on the Twitter so that we can show everybody. Sadie, one, more, bet, one more time. You know what? email address at, at fantasy focus okay. on twitter or you can send an email to fantasy focus podcast at gmail.com there you, you go. know something sadie you're a qb1 in my ranks this week carson Aww. wentz next up i've had many, i've had a hard time deciding where to go with carson wentz this week because it's small sample size the offen- too yeah you know? the small sample size the offensive line has struggled this year compared to where they were last year there's some question marks in the backfield with so many injuries Alshon Jeffrey has had one good game and one non-factor game. 
basically at Zach Ertz in terms of trustworthy pass catchers right now. But I have him at 10 this week against the Giants. Matthew, you have him at 11. Stefania, you have him at 14. I don't really want to make this a battle of who's right or who's wrong. I would just be curious. Is that because I'm right? And you just don't want to lose. You just want to put a, put, a, put an L on. Exactly. But right. we have it at the same spot, Matthew. But my my question really is this: <laughs> yeah. is like, what have your guys' impressions so far been of Carson Wentz, and what are your expectations now moving forward? Like, do you believe that there's a chance he reverts back to the player he was last year, which was, you know, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes style this year? Uh, I'll start, and I do. Okay, I honestly do. I mean, so uh, for a few reasons. First off, I think the injury to Jay Ajayi helps. I think it, it is going. It was already a pass-first offense, and I think it's going to be even more so because yep. I don't think they really have a banger. You know, I mean, I think they're going to have to be uh, they're going to have to be throwing a lot. Uh, Carson Wentz has thrown the ball at least thirty-five times every single game this year, so the volume has been there, and it's going to continue to run. I'm encouraged by the fact that he has over three hundred yards passing his last two games against Minnesota and Tennessee. Those are two good secondaries. Sure. Yep. I mean, so so he's passing the ball a lot. He's having success against secondaries, and obviously it was kind of an ugly game for uh, for Minnesota. But going against the Giants on a short week, and look, the Giants have a good secondary, and they, they actually have a, they've had a pretty good defense. They're they've held up, uh, opposing quarterbacks to just sixteen point four fantasy points per game so far this year, and they've played some real quarterbacks. I mean, obviously they just played Cam Newton, they played Drew Brees. Now that game was in New York outside, but they played Drew Brees, they played Deshaun Watson, you know, Bortles and Dak. So. Um, on a, on a in a game that's that's on a short week with an over under of forty three, you know it it should be a little bit of a low scoring game, but the volume is there for Carson Wentz. Um, and and I believe he gets three hundred yards and two passing touchdowns. So yeah, I have him just outside my top ten at eleven. But to answer your larger question, Field, do I think he gets back to the, being you know top ten Carson Wentz? I do. So here's and this is this is sort of an anecdotal. Um, theory I'm putting out here, but and this is not to take away from what the Eagles did last year, but we can also admit like basically everything went right 100%. for Philadelphia last season, and so far very few things have gone right for them. They've had poor injury luck, obviously Carson Wentz missing the first, and I, I understand when I say everything went right for Philadelphia last year, I know that Carson Wentz got hurt and Jason Peters got hurt, but my point is like a lot of things worked favorably that we are not seeing right now work favorably for for Philadelphia. By the way. That tends to happen every year with whoever the Super Bowl champ is. Oh, like sure. some, a lot of like football success is is good fortune. Sometimes you're the healthiest team. Sometimes you know you get a couple of good bounces in your. Like, that's how the cookie crumbles. So yeah. it's just, been it's been quite some time since my Redskins were Super Bowl champion. Right. But I'll, but I'll take your word for it. Just to round out the yes. thought is like you know yeah. almost everything went right last year for Carson Wentz's fantasy success. So far it has not, and I'm just wondering if those things can start to bounce back in their favor for him to get back in that top five status. Well, here's this is my concern with him, and obviously I watch it a lot from the. The physical standpoint, because everybody, what's going to happen when he comes back? He's going to look like the same guy. One thing he has impressed me with is how much he looks comfortable, you know, just being on the field. So comfortable, in fact, that he's absorbing a lot of contact, not necessarily uh, because he desires it. He's not necessarily seeking it out, but he's under incredible pressure. The Eagles are allowing the highest contact or the the contact on quarterback at the sixth highest rate in the league. So he is getting hit and knocked around a lot, which concerns me for his total health going forward. Um, he's having to get rid of the ball quicker, which means less deep shots down the field. And so I, I think you're seeing sort of a dink and dunk play from Carson, Carson Wentz that wasn't really, you know, you've talked field about what he was doing last year. 
there was a lot more deep shots from Carson Wentz, and their offense has just looked a little bit out of sync since he's been back. I do think they find their way, but to me, I'm concerned at least to some degree about all the all the hits that he's taking. He also got some rushing production last year, which I don't know where that's been so far through two games. That's something to keep an eye on. There have been a lot of quarterbacks that are very effective with their legs that have really not rushed the football that much this season. Part of the reason why Deshaun Watson, despite a poor real-life football start, has been very effective early on as a runner this year. But 26 yards rushing for Wentz last week as yeah, well. Again, good. back-to-back 20-point games against the, no, against the Titans uh, yeah. and the Vikings. So... I'm more bullish on Wentz. I understand the concerns there was to find him, but I feel like as he gets healthier and gets to know these pass catchers, because to your point, they have been banged up in the receiving core and guys have been in and out. And so with Alshon Jeffrey actually healthy yeah, these days I as know. well. So uh That's my pleasant. belief is, is Carson Wentz a top five fantasy quarterback at the end of the year the way he was last year? No. But do I think he finishes in the top 10 on a per game basis? I do from this point forward. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about LaShawn McCoy, the Philadelphia backfield, the teammates of Carson Wentz, and is Greg Olson worth the risk? Quick break, and we're right back. And now a quick note from this week's ZipRecruiter's Smartest Fan of the Week. This is Jason Money, the ZipRecruiter's smartest fan of the week. Mike Clay might be my ride or die, but Field Yates is my favorite 06010 host because he can put the show back on track after a Matthew Barry derailment quicker than you can say double IPA. Now, back to the show. Jason Money? Right. I do his money in the bank, man. <laughs> Whatever he wants, it's his. When do we get a new ZipRecruiter fan of the week? When is that happening? Is that tomorrow? Probably tomorrow next do we have week. a new ZipRecruiter fan of the week? No, we're actually going to we're going to pick next week's ZipRecruiter fan of the week at the end of the show today, but you got 3 more days of him, Matthew. All right, let's get right. on track with our running right. back ranks then, and we start with LaShawn McCoy who we just mentioned, and this week we have him a little bit all over the board. LaShawn McCoy 19 for me, 21 for Matthew, and Stefania at 27. You're the least optimistic Stefania in this matchup against the Texans. Are you concerned that last week was more of the ex- the exception than the potential rule. Yeah, and here's the thing. He was still just 24 carries, 85 yards, like three and a half yards per carry. And that's worse than his season average was even coming into this game. Um, and this week they faced the Texans. Texans last week held Ezekiel Elliott to a season-low 54 yards on 20 carries. Uh, they don't really have a passing game going for them in Buffalo. So everybody can focus on the running game. And the running game is LaShawn McCoy. And I just, I, I feel like... Last week was once. It hasn't been great. I know he was hurt, so that's been there too. I mean, maybe as the if the if the offense as a whole improves, there's an opportunity for him to start to get better. But I, I don't like it this week. Here's the bottom line for me with LaShawn McCoy is you start to look at running back splits around the NFL. And basically every player ranked below LaShawn McCoy for me is the co starter for his running back right. backfield. Right? Like LaShawn McCoy is just ahead of Alfred Morris, Philip Lindsay, Dion Lewis, Adrian Peterson, Naheem Hines, Alex Collins. So besides Alfred Morris, like all those guys are in, and, and that's assuming Matt Breida does not play on Monday night, like all of those players that we just mentioned, Lindsay and Lewis and Peterson and Hines and Collins and Bilal Powell, are in true work shares. So my ranking of LaShawn McCoy at 19 is basically of the backs that have the job unto themselves. He is my lowest ranked player in that category <laughs> aside from Alfred Morris. I think it was encouraging uh, the workload to find, even if it wasn't uh, as as efficient as we would have liked, he still ended up last week with 26 touches, and they won the game. 
you know, and so uh, my expectation is LaShawn McCoy, who might be auditioning for his former uh, his former teammates in Philadelphia. LaShawn McCoy, my expectation is is that he gets a ton of work here against a Texans defense that, yes, slowed down Zeke somewhat last week, but still has allowed over 15 fantasy points to a single running back in four out of five weeks this season. And, and so because of the volume that I think you get there, and to your point about all sort of the committee backs out there, my expectation is that LaShawn McCoy, who none of us have ever questioned his talent, like yep. he's he's still shady McCoy. I don't think he's lost a step. No, but me. they're not down in the red zone. He has no touchdowns this year. Zero. So you're None. saying he's due. So you're <laughs> no. saying he's due. No. I think that's what you're saying. Hey, right he there, ties Stefania. for 47th in red zone carries. That's I, bad. Yeah. Admit it. It's bad. It is. It is. It is not a stat that helps my cause. I will certainly <laughs> cop to that, but. Uh, the Texans who's give, who's, who have given up over 20 fantasy points just to team running backs each of the last three weeks and in four out of the five weeks total in this year. When you think about, to me, it's just, to me, the play here is the volume and the fact that I don't actually think the matchup is all that intimidating. Yeah. Again, so I, I agree with you. It's, it's really just the volume. And I'm, so again, like I said, I have him besides Alfred Morris. Every other back who has the job basically to himself is ranked higher than LaShawn McCoy for me this week. I still have concerns. I mean, I would not be surprised by a 22-carry, 70-yard outing from LaShawn McCoy. Deion Lewis and the Titans favor face off against the Baltimore Ravens this weekend. I've got Deion Lewis outside of the top 30 this week in my running back rankings. Stefania has him much higher at 19. I'm at the point now, and we're going to talk about Aaron Jones in a little bit, but there's Virtually no level of effectiveness in the running game for the for the Titans. Deion Lewis is averaging 3.2 yards per carry, and he has one rushing touchdown. He has one total touchdown this year. There is minimal upside. I do not have this offhand, but I'm going to check it up, check it right now. Mm-hmm. Like this, I would not be surprised if they're a bottom three. They're a, the fourth worst scoring offense so far this year of the Tennessee Titans. They wow. have only the Cowboys, Cardinals, and Buffalo Bills. The difference is they're three and two. The rest of those teams are two and three or worse. They just don't score a lot of points. No. There's minimal upside here for for Deion Lewis. The only way that he's had a really effective week so far this year is when he had nine catches in Week Four. It's it's possible this thing turns around, but this feels like one of the backfield flops so far of the regular season. So Stefania, you've got the other side of the coin. Yeah, and I don't feel it's not like I feel super great about it necessarily. I'm sure. kind of hoping hoping on the upside. I mean, if you want to go back to the volume argument, at least twelve touches in every game this season and three or more catches in four uh out of five games. Um, twenty one catches to be exact. He's played sixty five more snaps than Henry across the season. I feel just in my mind, the gap between the two is widening. I actually think that it's not necessarily that they're playing that many different snaps, but it feels like the distance between what, how we think about Dean Lewis versus Derrick Henry is widening a little bit. Um, Lewis has run 86 routes compared to Henry's 35. Like, if there's an opportunity for him to catch passes, and I think that's where he's valuable, that's why I give him the upside there. Yeah, the passing game usage is why I'm slightly higher on him than you feel. So I sort of split the difference here. He comes in at 24 for me, just kind of a, like a really mid-tier flex. And you mentioned the one game that he had success was that game where he got nine catches, right? So, you know, he actually nine for 66. Well, that was when the Titans won against Philadelphia. They go up to Buffalo. He gets three catches for 14 yards. They lose. 
my expectation is is that that coaching staff sits there and looks at that and says, how do we move the ball against this Raven secondary? That's, that's much less. I think that's more. That's a confusion of correlation and causation right there, right? No, well, I mean, it, it's it's simplified as what it is, is is that just they need to move the ball against Baltimore. How are they going to move the ball against Baltimore? Right. My expectation. I mean, they also won a game where he had one catch for one yard. Yes, this is also true. Right, and one game where he had 14 receiving yards and they won. Yeah, so, this is true. I don't true. think that they're like, yeah, he had nine catches and that was the key to unlock the victory, right? I don't think it's it's the key to unlock the well, victory. They played but, from behind the whole game. Right. That would be more why they have nine catches. Somewhat, but <clears throat> don't you think there's a chance that happens here against – No, I have, I have some water. <laughs> uh, I, I think there's a chance that that happens against uh, the Ravens as well. That Ravens secondary is really good. That's been improved by the return of Jimmy Smith. Yeah. You know I'm not a Marcus Mariota fan. Um, everyone that was on Corey Davis last week, and I was just like, eh, I don't know. Yep. Probably not feeling so great this week as well. <laughs> My expectation is that the one way I think they'll be able to move the ball against the Ravens is by checking down to Deion Lewis. Now, Again, I don't have him inside my top 20. I have him at 24. So there are, there are concerns. And certainly when they get in close, it is Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has 83% of the red zone snaps, just 28% for Deion Lewis. So I think it's unlikely that he gets into the end zone here, but I do think the passing game usage is high enough to keep him in flex consideration. I want you guys to have your chance to say your piece on the Eagles' backfield. Mike and I got into it quite a bit yesterday <laughs> after the news. I can't Monday, imagine Mike had an JJ. opinion on the Eagles. Yeah, well, you know, and, and our takeaway was, well, listen, I won't even spoil the takeaway. Matthew, what is your read on this Eagles' backfield starting on Thursday night? How would you tier the players that are going to potentially be available, understanding that Darren Sproles sounds like a long shot at this point? Yeah, and and by the way, as I say this, watch Josh Adams get 25 touches. Correct. But uh, yep. I have not ranked Josh Adams. Yep. I have ranked Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood. I have Clement higher than Smallwood. Yep. I know Smallwood has played well recently, but uh, Corey Clement, in the last game that both he and Wendell Smallwood play, yep. played, okay? This was week three against the Colts. Smallwood got the first three carries. Clement, 16 of 23 carries between the two of them, the rest of of the way, Wendell Smallwood has won one career game with more than 13 carries. He's less efficient in the red zone than Corey Clement. He converts less of his red zone touches into touchdowns. He, he's, you know, he gets less red zone touches as well. So to me, Clement, who has had success when he's gotten opportunities, is the guy you want. Having said that, I think this is a committee. And not a great matchup here. So for me, Corey Clement comes in at 26. Wendell Smallwood comes in for 38. And given that the fact that they're traveling on a short week and we don't really know how this plays out, none of them, I think, are uh, people that you, you necessarily feel really great about starting. I've Clement as a, as a, you know, sort of a mid-tier of flex and Smallwood as an RB4. Yeah, I sort of feel the same way. Um, as a matter of fact, my rankings reflect that. We're pretty close on both of these players. I've got Clement at 27 and Smallwood at 33. Stefania, you also are in the same vein as Matthew and I, as you have Clement at 25 and Smallwood at 37. Do either of you have an Eagles running back that you have to make a decision on in a league you care about? I mean, I guess you no. care about all leagues. No. I don't. The reason I ask is like, do you have this proposition yourself? It's easier for us to make the decision for somebody else, but when you're making it for yourself, 
it can sometimes add a new layer of depth to your thinking. I do have Corey Clement in one league and I'm contemplating using him in a flex spot. Okay. And, and it's, uh, you know, he was out. He had the quad injury, missed a game. Uh, we already know that he's saying he's going to play. He's put in full practices this week. So that's why we feel confident about ranking him the way that we do. And I think that Wendell Smallwood benefit like he was showcased because there he was and he he was he was the guy without Corey Clement in the mix when Clement comes back in I think he's the one who picks up the fair share of the volume yeah. even though even though he's going to be offloaded like again you don't get the you don't get the feature back feel you don't get the like he's not going to get the full volume but I, I think he's the more likely to benefit you know what's interesting is I was talking with some uh some I don't know if they want this public so I'll just be generic here, but I was talking with some some of our analysts here at ESPN that are former NFL players and or NFL coaches, and the subject of these Thursday night games came up, and the the conversation was unanimous among all of them that basically what you're doing is is that like when you're on a short week, especially when you're traveling on a short week, he's like you've got no time to he's like you're watching film on Monday and just sort of you know seeing what you missed, he's like but you don't have time to teach anything new, you don't have time to learn anything new, you don't have time to install a new game plan, you're basically running the same game plan as you had the week before, and so you think about what the Philadelphia Eagles did last week against the Vikings, and again they were down in that game for the majority of the game, they had Jay. Ajayi in that game, um, so I don't know that it's it, it's it, it's really um, conducive. But the fact is, is I don't think you see something like you know. I think they go with what they know, which is Carson Wentz in this passing game, and so that's why you you feel like uh, Clement maybe over Smallwood, but neither guy I feel like you have a lot of confidence in on Thursday night. Uh, moving along to Aaron Jones, who is the final topic of our running back ranks conversation. I said this on Monday, and I believe even on the Fantasy Show on ESPN Plus as well. I've heard that maybe we drew like several millions of new subscribers to ESPN Plus. I think I think it was six point three million new subscribers over the last two days. NBD, but KBD. Right. Uh, But in any event, my point was this: Congratulations. Do I have to go? Then do I? Can I just like go home? Do I have to for the rest of the week? Like, yeah. You want to just do it? You and the puppets? Yeah. Terrific. Um, Daniel, do I need to come to the podcast either? Because I assume the ranking. I assume the downloads went up big. No, as well when I was out. It's been it's been real big. I actually have Ken Dalby set to fill in for you, and I think we've seen a. (laughs) Uh, like, I I get paid. You can regardless. go work on your I'm Instagram happy to go skills. Home. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go home. Take some photos. Like, I'll I'll spend time with my actual. I'll spend ch- time with my children. Sure. Like I never get to see during football season. I'm not like, interested. This is fine, Matthew. And I love you. I'm not interested in your children. I want to know what you think about Aaron Jones. <laughs> right, so bad. my point. I was thinking I, I was getting was, to get out of all this. The work. point that I made was this: What's is that? at some point you just can't trot him out there until you've seen it. You're going to be a. I'm going to be a week too late past the Aaron Jones breakout if it occurs as opposed to a week too soon on the Aaron Jones breakout. That's where I've arrived. Free Aaron Jones. Okay. Free Aaron Jones. <laughs> Can we take to the streets? Can we hold up signs? Who's making the signs? Who's protesting this? Who will do a sit-in with me? A hunger strike. Field Yates, you'll do a I hunger like strike eat. with I me. I like to eat a lot, so I'm not going to Secret Squirrel, yeah. you could lose a few pounds. You want to do a hunger strike with me? <laughs> he wow. would disappear. I got gotcha. you. Okay. get blown away in the wind. Stop it. Have you, yeah, have you watched the fantasy show on ESPN Plus? Listen. <laughs> Listen, I've gotten so many. You know how many doughy. times people have doughy. texted me about, yeah. you know, 
Have people told doughy. you you look like Conor McGregor? And I'm like, yes, wow. all the or time. Abs and everything. Yeah. Con- Conor McGregor <laughs> after the fight Sunday night? Yeah, Saturday night? Wow. Then yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I've seen yeah. you like that. Shots fired. <laughs> look, there's a reason I don't take my shirt off on the fantasy show. Make no mistake. I'm a little doughy, too. I I know. I, I hear you. I got it. I got it. I got enough for both of us. Well, I think we're covered. You do. We're good. You do. A little, you're a little muffin top. Yeah. <laughs> you're a little fantasy muffin top is what you are. There's nothing wow. wrong with that. Nothing Hopefully wrong with Captain it. Captain Dad bought over here for a body shame Daniel. Total, I, I am 100%. I am, I am dad bod. I don't, I don't Daniel a, is too and he's not a dad. I don't that's have the a difference. Full, but I don't have a full dad bod. I have a dog dad bod. That's fair. the thing. Okay. Well, that's very fair. I get it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, anyway. All right, fine. Okay. So Daniel and I yeah, on the hunger strike. We talked about your bodies much Aaron too much. Jones, we're, we're we got to get rolling because we got some stuff to finish up the show with. So what do you got? What I have is is that, look, I sort of agree with you. I honestly, and you, you're going to think, oh, wow, this is a top take. And I don't mean this to be really hot takey. Okay. <laughs> I believe that Mike McCarthy's lack of usage of Aaron Jones will contribute to him being fired at the end of the year if that does not change. Do I, do I, can I, can I borrow your water? I don't have enough, if I have enough water to extinguish that hot take right there. I was just going to pour it right in my head. I mean, my hair looks I, too good. I, today. I just, it does. Look, you don't want to You see, it. you, if you read between the lines of what Aaron Rodgers is saying to the press, mm. And the fact they just lost the Lions. I mean, that was a bad, bad loss in a game in which he was running very, very well. And I know they talk about his his pass pro deficiency. I don't see it as much as they do. Obviously, they're watching a lot closer than I am, and they know things that I don't. But my expectation—I think he is the best running back on that team, and I don't think it's all that close. And I I believe that McCarthy's stubbornness to keep him out, to not use him in in a full complement of snaps will contribute to him is one of the reasons why the Packers are struggling and one of the reasons why I believe he'll be fired at the end of the year if they don't turn this around. And so um, to your point about fantasy, I'm with you. I have him as a running back for 35. Remember the, the 49ers actually, for as much as they've struggled this year, they're the seventh-best run defense in the NFL. He's currently in a committee. I was wrong. I had it as his breakout, seat, breakout game last week. I was wrong. They just didn't, he was successful when he touched the ball. They just wouldn't give him the ball, which was mind boggling to me, especially in a game where they were losing. But, um, it is what it is. I, I'm with you. I think it is tough to trust him until we see it on the field. Let's move on to wide receiver ranks. And Doug Baldwin checks in in all of our twenties, 27 for Matthew, 26 for me, 29 for Stefania. But the problem is to find it. It's no longer about his health. He was removed from the injury report, but. We took note of some interesting comments or some analysis about how this team is just so run heavy. Like by design, he's not going to play. He is not going to be as prolific within the ideal design of the Seahawks offense. I think when people saw that he only was targeted once last week, they were like, oh, is this because something to do with the knee issue? And he was very clear. These were his comments that he said, I'm healthy. I'm good. Like my knee was not an issue. It was only the ball didn't just didn't come my way. And he was making it very clear. And Pete Carroll actually backed him up on that. So the ball never got to him. The ball was not going his direction. So obviously, uh, Doug Baldwin believes they need to fix that, but he also commented, uh, that they're not throwing the ball as much this year. And if you look at the data, it actually backs it up. Seattle had the third highest pass percentage last year. They're dead last this year. They're running the ball more, whether it's because they have more confidence in their running backs or their the less confidence in their passing game. We've certainly seen Russell Wilson running for his life at times back there, but they're just not throwing the ball much. And they have this amazing receiver who is frustrated because nothing is coming his way. Super, super weird that a Brian Schottenheimer offense would completely <laughs> ignore the pass. I, you know, I, will, I will say this. 
kudos to Mike Clay. Credit to Mike Clay, who was very down on the Seattle offense coming into the season. And in large part reason. because of Brian Schottenheimer's play calling tendency. All that said is that we've talked about this and that Russell Wilson always starts slow. And as a result of that, Doug Baldwin starts slow as well. You think about the last three years, weeks one through five, Doug Baldwin averaged 13 fantasy points per game. Weeks one through five in the last three seasons. Weeks six through 17 over the last three seasons, he's averaged 17 fantasy points per game. And so I do believe there is something to be said about the squeaky wheel getting the grease, especially in this situation where Doug Baldwin, um, you know, I don't know though. Like Doug Baldwin has never been afraid of speaking his mind. I don't feel like he's come out and demanded the football. Like if he was going to be the squeaky wheel, he'd be like, screw that. Like give me the football 20 times. Well, I thought this Seattle Times article, what was really interesting was there was something in there at the end that was like, Something about retiring if he would, if football, like it wasn't playing the way that he wanted to. And he said, yeah, I'd consider it. And I was like, oh, hmm. you know, I mean, it, it, it wasn't, guy, yeah. he wasn't saying anything. I didn't think he was saying anything inappropriate. He wasn't going on right. He was being asked the questions and responding accordingly, but the, the frustration was obvious. Pittsburgh, yeah. I'm sorry, Patriots. It's and- also, it's also a decent matchup, obviously, with the Raiders. So we all have him as a wide receiver three. The usage is a concern, but the talent and the matchup are great. Patriots and Chiefs on Sunday night. Many people looking forward to that. Let's begin with Sammy Watkins, who uh, is presumably now healthy. Maybe not fully healthy, but obviously played last week in bad conditions against Jacksonville. I've got him at 21. Matthew has him at 28. Stefania at 24. I mean, he really is a flex play right now. Over his, he has over 13 and a half points in three of his last four games. Remember the one game he did not have 13 and a half points. He got hurt. Mm-hmm. I think Watkins, while he hasn't been like a league winner, I think he's better than a lot of people expected for the Chiefs so far this season. He is, he has been better than I expected. Like mm-hmm. I'll cop to that as well. I didn't think this offense, as much as I like Patrick Mahomes and as much as I, you know, I'm a big Andy Reid believer, I didn't think this offense would be able to support Four fantasy relevant players. I thought, you know, Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt are going to get theirs and then it'll be sort of spread around the Watkins and, you know, um, Chris Conley's of the world. And, and so Demetrius Harris. And the fact is, is that they have found creative ways. Like he also didn't expect Patrick Mahomes to like throw for six touchdowns in games <laughs> and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, you know, Watkins. Watkins has over 13 and a half points is to your point in, in three of the last four, um, you know, uh, I feel like given the over under of this game and the high scoring expectations here, I think he's a wide receiver three. I, I'm slightly lower than both of you. I have him at 28. He has yet to have an end zone target this season. I think he's of the four of Hill, Hunt, and Kelsey. I think he's the least likely to score of those four people. So the, the lack of touchdown potential is it keeps him towards the lower end of wide receiver three, but but volume, talent, and this this matchup is what keeps them in there for me. Same upstart. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, you know what's interesting is that I think coming into the season, people were like, look, he wasn't really used by the Rams. Like, he didn't have these great, right. these great situations. It was like, what is Sammy Watkins really going to do? But remember, he, he went there late. And one of the things that Watkins talked about in the offseason was how he felt like Andy Reid was really helping him to integrate when they were in their mini camp sessions that he was getting involved more. And he made it sound like he felt like he would be more of a contributor just based on the fact that he was able to start developing a rapport with Patrick Mahomes. And it seems to be something to that. 
Same the game. O- the over-under in this game is 59.5. It's a massive number. Same game, different wide receivers. Josh Gordon, who, of course, unlocks Stefania's board bet privileges. Yes. Re- I'll be forever indebted. You should be wearing a, a, a Josh Gordon jersey. Really you really should. should. I'm sure they have those. Well, they probably do have them now, mm-hmm. by now. But uh, still new to New England. You've got him at 31. I've got him at 40. Stefania has him at 32. I guess my question is, like, how positive are we that he is going to, like, cross path crossed past the 30 <laughs> percent snap barrier this weekend like he, he's been basically a a very part-time player who obviously had an amazing catch and any week it could happen but and maybe the, the long break the extra three days helps him but i'm just not sure yet that we would expect him to be a full-time player i guess for me it's a couple of things and and trying to predict what the patriots will do is a fool's errand Make Correct. no mistake yes. about it. Look at you with the, uh, the um, phrase. Thank you, Stefania. <laughs> Clever. Not Clever. all of us went to Princeton. Um, I like the phrase. Yeah, well, you know, yes. uh, I appreciate that. So anyway, um, he has increased his – from game one to game two, he increased his, he increased his snaps, he increased his routes, yep. everything like that. And then you think about – you sort of – you take a look back. He came in. He was slightly banged up. He was a game-time decision in his first game. He gets active. He plays. They don't really let him lose. Yep. And then the very next game after that is a short week. They played on Thursday night. And so now he's been, he's been with the team for three weeks. He has been, he's been active for two of those weeks and he's now had 10 game, 10 days to prepare for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think Bill Belichick sits there and looks at like, he knows this is no pushover team. I mean, this is a team that came into Gillette last year and bowled them over. That's right. I mean, that Kareem Hunt's, yeah. Kareem Hunt's coming out party week one of last year. So they're not going to take the Chiefs lightly at all or this offense. They're seeing what we're seeing. So my expectation is they want as much firepower as they can get. And listen, you're, you got Gronk, you got Edelman, you've got the running backs. Uh, make no mistake. Is that different from normal weeks? <laughs> no. But you it, want as much firepower as you can get? No, it's not, it's not different, but... Uh, but I believe jo- they didn't have Josh Gordon previously. I think you want as much as you have. Well, now they have Josh Gordon. He's added to the fire, the firepower arsenal, if you will, <laughs> yeah. Field Yates. So as you sit there, as you sit there and you pick out a- a- uh, arrows for your, what are they called? Are they called quivers? What's what's the little yeah, thing behind yeah, you? Uh, is it a quiver? So as you're picking out arrows to put into your quiver, right? You're like, oh. I have this size and speed freak that made an unbelievable catch last week. Let me put that quiver in my bow and arrow. And so do I expect a heavy volume? No. But do I expect them to take a couple of shots? Because if Josh Gordon's on the field, you have to account for him. Even if you never throw to him, you got to account for him. And so to, um, uh, you know, to obviously loosen up things underneath for Gronk and Edelman and the run game here. So my expectation is, yes, there's a significant increase in snaps and routes run. And if you're on the field with uh, Tom Brady, great things can happen, as we saw on that one play last week, which unlocked the board bet for Stefania. There is absolute risk involved, which is why he's wide receiver 31 for me. But that's why I have him higher than both of you. All right. Speed freak Josh Gordon leads us nicely into the Lexus, which is also library, which is also about speed and comfort. 100% there, Field Yates. Thank the all you, new Matthew. Lexus ESF Sport is here. And I want you, as I, as I read this, I want you guys to listen to this because you hear about some of the other sponsors that we have, whether it's ZipRecruiter or Ballpark Buns or, um, uh, you know, uh, whatever, SeatGeek and, 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 and their words are small. They're, they always get the small words, but I get these unbelievably huge words. So I want you to listen very closely as I absolutely crush this live read for our friends at Lexus ESF Sport. No pressure. 
Lexus has taken everything they've ever mastered and put it into the ES. Daring design, imaginative technology, dynamic performance, because crafting every detail to surpass expectations means nothing, Stefania, if it doesn't lead to the experience something greater. That's right. You should be reading this. These are a lot of big words. These are a lot of Princeton words here. It's years, good practice for you. Years of research and exhaustive testing. One result is a robust 302 horsepower, 3.5 liter direct injection V6 engine, further amplifying its breathtaking performance. An all-new eight-speed automatic transmission delivers intuitive responsiveness and seamless acceleration. It also has lane tracing assist, which means it monitors visible lane markings in preceding vehicles to help keep you centered in the lane. Pre-collision system with pedestrian and bicyclist detection, Stefan. Should it detect a potential frontal collision, it can help automatically break the vehicle to stop intelligent high beam Offers added illumination to help keep you focused on the road. Every curve, every innovation, every feeling, a product of mastery, experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Elite Picks is brought to you by Lexus. I'm just wondering if that read would sound different if we tied your hands behind your back. It might have. You got <laughs> to just very, notice all those long would. words. Very that is a hard, right is a hard live be- read. <laughs> but I just had an elite live read. To, uh, to honor the elite Lexus ESF sport. And I turn it over to you for our elite picks, Field Yates. That's right, because at one time in his career, Greg Olson was an elite pick, Matt. Yeah. One of the best tight ends in the NFL. But do we believe Greg Olson, who we think could return this week, Stefania, we might do. have a chance to revert to elite form? He certainly wants to prove that he can. Ron Rivera is already talking about him being ready to go this week. Okay. And, you know, so this is obviously a shorter uh, absence than last year when he had to go on IR because of the injury. Here's the thing. For the injury specifically, there's no guarantee that he's not going to step wrong, do something, and all of a sudden we're going to have the same problem. I hope that that's not the case. We don't know. And there's no real way to predict. He could come back and be fine the rest of the season. Sure. He could come back. And he could be partway into this game and the foot could give him trouble. Yep, like so I'm, play. you know, but I'm assuming, you know, he, he's, I'm sure he's got an orthotic fitted to support it. Like all the precautions that he would want to take to try and make sure that his foot does not become an issue in game. But I think if he's able to go without a setback, yes, he can. He's a trusted outlet for Cam Newton. I believe he can be, I, I believe he could still potentially finish as a top Maybe at the end of the top ten tight ends, despite the mistakes. Low end tight end one by Stefania's estimation. Yeah. We have missed. I want to go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Tight end twelve, thirteen, and fourteen this week. And you can go off on whatever tangent you had queued up. <laughs> oh, I was just going to ask Stefania more about that orthopedic fitted foot thing. That sounds really comfy. That sounds. Uh, that sounds. Well, those are like to answer that your that question. Like I, I, a lot of times after these Jones fractures, they put an orthotic after the surgery. They put an orthotic in the shoe because they ooh. don't. They want to support that. Uh, part of the foot and they don't want it they don't want it to be so flexible that it runs the risk of, of it, that it increases the risk of injury we have him again at tight end 12 13 and 14 yeah. we will update his status throughout the week as we get information 
about his practice availability. Believe it, or, believe it or not, despite what you saw on Monday night, it's actually not a great matchup with the Redskins. They've actually been pretty good against tight end so far this season as well. There's so much risk involved with Olsen, but given the state of the position, right. high-end tight end too, just uh, you're hoping for something there. Let's do a couple of Twitter questions. Hey, Keith. Twitter questions. What do you got, Keith? Yeah, Cameron Topping wants to know, question for Stefania, Uh-oh. with... Cooper Cup dealing with a concussion. Do I start Alshon Jeffrey Thursday or roll the dice that Cup plays on Sunday? Can okay. I take Stefania off the hook? What? Sure, go ahead. I was just going to say that's not his name. Who is who is it? It's Alshon Jeffrey and who? I'm very sorry. Little Cooper Cup. Thank you. I think it's way too soon to ask that question. We don't even know if Cooper Cup's going to practice today, right? Yeah, it's it's too soon to answer it anyway. You well, can ask but, it now. No, the, the, the reason but, why he's asking is because there's a Thursday lineup. Right, right, right. right, so right, again, right. But it's right. Wednesday but I mean, 11.50. But to know, like... I would say, look at what happens in practice today. The reason being that there is some optimism in Los Angeles that Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup are both making progress. Right. And now we haven't had a practice to test that progress. We're talking about basically their symptoms and how they feel they're progressing. So until you introduce activity, you don't really have a clue. And you will be make it, you know, let's be very clear. You will be rolling the dice, even if Cooper Cup is practices or gets in a little practice early in the week. You won't know until they play the game because there's always the risk of a pregame setback when it comes to a head injury. So that being said, if I wanted to be safe, if I wanted the safe bet, I would take Alshon Jeffrey. I'm going to agree with Stefania, even though this guy didn't ask me and he used Cooper Cup's the wrong name for my little Cooper Cup. Uh, but I do think, as Stefania has said many times in this podcast, if you ever listen to her Ringing the Bell podcast. <laughs> it's uh, Ringing the Bell. There'll be a new one coming there is, soon. That's great. Um, you should absolutely listen. Ring in the Bell. Download it and listen. Um, but the uh, uh, concussion injuries are not linear. And so, and so, so there is a chance that, uh, to Stefania's point, that even if you see him practicing today and tomorrow, there's not a chance he, there is a definite chance that he does not suit up on Sunday. I think you have to start Alshon Jeffrey. There's just too much unknown. You're not going to know. And so, even though Jeffrey doesn't have a great matchup, I'm starting Alshon Jeffrey instead of risking it. If, if that's, if that's your only two options. I'm going to wait a little bit longer. By the way, we'll talk about this more, but it's supposed to be a high of 30, low of 15 with snow on Sunday in Denver for that Rams Broncos game. Wow. <sighs> yeah. How about that? Huh? Yeah. Brutal. Oh. So, so yesterday we asked for Alvin Kamara trades yep. that to go through. So we have a few here for you. Okay. okay. Um, here are some panicked, panicked people that rostered Alvin Kamara that were ready to trade that him? were executed. Oh my goodness. Stop. So the first one here comes from Jonathan Marr and he makes, this is a person who made the trade for Kamara and he gets, Russell Wilson, Alvin Kamara, and Quincy Anunua, and he trades Andy Dalton, Lamar Miller, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Good Lord. Oh, my gosh. That's a heist. Oh, wow. It's a heist. That that is. Yeah. And these are confirmed trades, by the way. They're not just somebody saying, hey, I made this deal. We made sure that we had an actual screenshot. So if you have any more, feel free to send them in. Here's two more, though. Ben Pimentel, also traded for Kamara, and he gets Kamara and Alshon Jeffrey and gives up Kareem Hunt and your little Cooper Cup. Cream hot, my little Cooper. That's a little more balanced. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty fair. That sounds fair. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Cup I and see. Jeffrey are fair. Kamara slightly ahead of Hunt. I mean, it's. Yep. Yeah. I, I thought that was at least a fair. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a reasonable mm-hmm. one. But here's some proof that people do get emotional. <laughs> sure. Um, Richard Kelly sent this in. This is a trade that was confirmed in his league. He didn't make the trade. So let's just call it Team A. They get Kamara and DJ Moore, and they give up Austin Eckler and Jordy Nelson. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh my wow. goodness! Wow! See, so you know what? You know, oh, one last thing before you yeah. go before you comment. The team that traded away Camara was actually the team that proposed the trade. That was the that I was mean, the kicker. 
Here, see, I will sometimes. It's get, always good to sleep. On I things. sometimes <laughs> will get grief on social media or you know an email or what have you. Because they'll say like, oh, that's too obvious. That will never happen. Or why do you talk about that player? You know, you only give like sort of, you'll give obvious picks or that kind of stuff. If take a stroll through my mentions <laughs> and the questions that come to me from the email box or on Twitter right. or on Facebook, like, and then you hear leagues, like there, there are players and leagues of all shapes and sizes and you never know. I don't know what you and Mike talked about, but I'm going to assume the basic take was make an offer for Camara because you never know because that's what it should have been. That is exactly what yeah. we said, and we said there are going to be some goofy ones as we have seen. Time now for our ZipRecruiter Fan of the Week submissions, Daniel. Yeah, here we go. This week's question was if you could double date with one member of the 06010, who are you picking and why? Okay. First one comes from is. Gary Wallace. I'm picking Matthew because unless I show up to dinner wearing a crew neck t-shirt with a v-neck shirt over it, I'm sure to be the best dressed man at the table. Wow. Pretty good right there by Gary. Yeah. Wow. Pretty good. I know. Pretty good. Especially and, and he, got the v-neck, he got the v-neck worked in there. I like that. Yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one comes from Colin Johnson. I'm going with Field. He and Chapin's baby faces will help us save some money by ordering off the kids menu at dinner <laughs> and kid tickets at the movies. Hope you guys like Pixar and Chicken Fingers. Fair. Okay. Not bad. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. Not right. bad. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this next one comes from Brandon Octopus. Octopus? A-C-T-I-P-I-S. I have no idea. Oh. I probably totally slaughtered that. Probably. If I could double date with one member of the 06010, who are you picking and why? I would go on a double date with Daniel because here is how a date with him would go. We would pick up our beautiful dates, take them to a bar with some awesome live music playing. Conversation is flowing between us and our dates. And then Daniel and I get into a huge argument about whether the Lions or Bears are a better team in the NFC North. And after a while, we look over, realize our dates have left, and suddenly the ESPN breaking news sound drops out of the sky. Daniel leans in and whispers, this just in, all dates have been recalled. <laughs> P.S. I'm allowed to make this joke because Josh Gordon scored 50 points, so suck it, Matthew. P.P.S. Stefania, I'm really glad you're able to make board bets again. You deserve it. Oh. There you go. I like that. That one's a no. Yeah. Let's just, <laughs> that, one's, that one's a no. But I like the sentiment. Uh, this one comes from Paul Kalinowskis. He says, anyone but Matthew Berry, because I don't want to put my wife in a situation where she feels she needs to compete with the prettiest girl at the bar. Uh, an old school that's old good. I like the, the old school reference. Yeah, Might be true. All right. This one comes from it's Jason. It's funny because it's true, Stefania. Yeah. This one comes from Jason Q., I would go on a double date featuring myself, my wife, and both of Daniel's hamstrings. <laughs> wow. The Did hamstring? you write that yourself, I, No. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I got way more love than you guys give it credit for. I know. That's why he picked out that Very answer. Very loose definition of the word love. Yeah. Okay. This next one, I got, we got two left. This one's from Donald Anderson. <clears throat> I would choose Matthew and his wife. I'm assuming they would prefer to eat in at their place, and I'm sure my wife and I would enjoy that. After watching The Wheel, I think he means Wheel of Fortune, we would overindulge in whatever delicious meal was prepared for us, followed by too much apple pie, and then a round of board games just before the berries had to call it an evening at 6 p.m. At least that's how my grandparents did it, and I just love spending time with old people. Wow. <laughs> hey, wow. That's pretty good right there. I, yeah. <laughs> Not bad. Here, the only issue is is that uh, I don't think my wife yeah, would enjoy it. I was going like, to say. Like, like, Beth uh, is not an old person. No, no, no. No, believe me, I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stefania up Beth till can rally. Yep. Chocolate chip uh, cookies. Yeah, exactly. Beth and Stefania drunk eating chocolate chip cookies at 4 a.m. in our kitchen. Yeah, so... Um, that's an, that's interesting. Yeah. All right, well, let's do one last one. This one comes from Bryce <laughs> Williams. 
Who would I want on a double date? Stefania Bell, without a shadow of a doubt. Oh, all right then. My wife would talk with her endlessly about their multiple degrees and world travel over a 2014 Castellana. Oh, Regardless oh. of her date, <laughs> Stefania is the focus of the question and the most vital part of my plan. Wow. Maybe then she can talk my wife into doing the thing that I've been begging her to do for years. I'm nervous, my wife says. The good kind, responds Stefania. I mean, I'm kind of excited, replies his wife. Let me show you how to do it, Stefania says. She grabs my wife's hand, moves her fingers down, and presses enter on Todd Gurley's name as we pick Todd Gurley first overall in the ESPN Fantasy app. After a rush like that, I think we could go for some late night chocolate chip cookies to calm our nerves. I mean, maybe throw, throw in a bottle of Silver Oak, see if she can convince my wife to get crazy and join a 2QB league. Regardless, I'm 90% sure that it ends with them playing in a boondoggle to the Agave Farms in Tequila. That is a um uh, that, that, that is a long very, way. Yeah. 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 Very imaginative. <laughs> very imaginative. Uh I like I all the wine references to be honest. The wine references. I thought we started off strong. <laughs> I thought the, the very first one I, I So yeah. Gary with the best dressed man with the V-neck yeah, with the crewneck. Uh, uh, Colin who had the kids menu with field. That was also good. Uh Brandon had the date recall joke. No. Uh Paul was the prettiest girl in the bar. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, Jason yeah. was the hamstrings. No. Uh, Donald was Grandpa Barry, and then Bryce was Todd Gurley. Yeah. I, no on the last two for me. I don't know how you guys feel. No, no on the last two. I vote for the very first one. Best dressed, Gary? Yep, best dressed. I'm best picking dressed, Matthew Gary? Barry because unless I show up to dinner wearing a crew neck t-shirt with a v-neck shirt over it, I'm sure to be the best dressed man at the table. <laughs> yeah. If he said v-neck sweater, it wouldn't have been funny. But yeah. crew neck t-shirt and v-neck shirt, that's funny. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So what was so his name again? Barry? Gary, Gary? Gary Wallace, you are the week six ZipRecruiter smartest fan of the, of the week. Congratulations to that. Really quickly, next week's question, you can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fan. The question is, I, this one came, shout out to Justin Parks. If I had to choose one member of the 0610 to be my tag team partner in a wrestling match, who would you choose and what would your wrestling names be? Pretty good. Fields flexing. Fields flexing. Stop. Stop. Uh, Fields is running you to the gun show. I also, one of us watches WWE religiously. The others are Matthew and Stefania. (laughs) Factually (laughs) correct. This is factually correct. All right. One of us is friends with someone who's WWE. One of us has been to the rehab you know, facility. I look like someone who's in the WWE. Daniel Bryan. Well, yes, that is true. I, that is true. I, it's so weird. Don't think I, I can't jump off the top. I rope. literally, I just met somebody from the from the WWE last week, and um, you want to name drop AJ yeah. Styles or something? No, 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 no. I mean, but like, I actually, I play in a fantasy league with um, with Mike the Miz, right? Yeah, yeah, so, the Miz, yeah, yeah. So I, I play in a fantasy league with him, and um, uh, I don't know. I play in another. There's another <laughs> famous. Oh, Chris yeah. Jericho. I'm in a fantasy league with Chris Jericho too. Nice. So, but like, I know nothing about. I will. I will totally. Some loyal cop- WWE listeners. Yeah, like well, Eric I, Young's had a nice run of the WWE yeah. main card. Like it's our guy right there. Yeah, so we do love. We do. And, we do love Showtime. And um, yeah, we love WWE. Hopefully, they come back to Hartford or Boston sometime and Finn. soon. Finn, shout out Ballard. to Finn Balor. Yes, the demon. the demon. The uh, demon. I did a feature on him. Thanks Wikipedia. for paying attention. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're back on Thursday. <laughs> back on Thursday. In the meantime, Matthew Barry TMR on Instagram and all forms of social media, except for the Fantasy Life app where he's just at Matthew Barry. Go on his post and like it. It's a pretty good beignet photo. I'm not going to lie. She's Stefania B87 on Instagram and Stefania underscore ESPN on Twitter. I'm at Field Yates on Twitter and Instagram. Hit me up there. We look forward to previewing the game tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Peace out.
Hey, uh, Matthew, real yeah. quick, uh, Twitter thought here. Uh, Emotional Xtina85 says, well, Matthew is old enough to be The Undertaker. <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> Give me grief for being on Sports Center for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me because I don't think you could. Jail bait, field you, you're, 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 you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at field yates. At field yates. Stephania Bell. Oh, don't let Barry convert you. Secret Squirrel Daniel Dunn. Make, 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 make it happen. Mediocre fantasy advice. Today's horoscope brought to you by GEICO. Today begins a journey toward a new you, Aries, making smarter, healthier decisions for yourself. Starting with going to GEICO.com and discovering you could save hundreds of dollars a year on car insurance with GEICO. You will also attend your first fitness boot camp. Your journey toward a new you will stumble after your 11th burpee and ends with you hyperventilating in the parking lot. Tomorrow's a new day, Aries. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.